Hello, everyone. This is Jim Lucy, Editor-in-Chief for Electrical Wholesaling and Electrical Marketing, with the January 9th, 2023 edition of the Today's Electrical Economy Podcast, sponsored by Champion Fiberglass. Champion began producing epoxy fiberglass conduit fittings in 1988, and in 1989 developed the first conduit from epoxy resins that had flame resistance and low smoke characteristics. This met the most stringent codes and specifications. In today's podcast, we'll take a look at the latest distributor acquisitions, the construction project sites that may do best in the uncertain 2023 construction market, and discuss the latest project data from the Dodge Momentum Index. But also check out some weekly economic indicators that can give you a sense of where the U.S. economy and the electrical market may be headed. These five weekly indicators are initial unemployment claims at the state level, rail freight car traffic, the Baker Hughes rate count, oil prices, and copper prices. Our thanks again to Champion Fireblitz for sponsoring today's Electrical Economy Series for 2023. For the week ending December 31st, the advanced figure for seasonally adjusted initial unemployment claims was 204,000, and that's a decrease of 19,000 from the previous week's revised level. The previous week's average was revised down by 500 claims to 221,000 to 220,500,000. The U.S. unemployment rate through December is 3.5%. These four states had the largest decreases in unemployment claims for the week ending December 31st. States are Kentucky, with a decrease of 3,782 claims to 2,742. Texas showed a decrease of 3,428 claims to 10,112. Illinois was down 3,416 claims to 13,270. And Missouri was down 3,234 to 5,870 claims. There were quite a few states showing some fairly sizable increases in unemployment claims. The states with the largest changes in their unemployment claims were New Jersey with an increase of 4,195 claims, New York with an increase of 3,364 claims, Michigan with an increase of 3,172 claims, Pennsylvania with an increase of 2,356 claims, Connecticut with an increase of 2,267 claims, Georgia was up 1,691 claims, California was up 1,635 claims, Wisconsin was up 1,167 claims, and Indiana was up 1,140 claims. An interesting leading indicator for the overall U.S. economy is freight rail traffic. It's a measure of the amount of raw materials and finished goods being shipped by rail. The best source for this data is the American Association of Railroads, or AAR. It publishes this data weekly. When you dig into the data for individual freight categories, you'll see that once again, most of the categories are in the red. However, some of the categories did show some significant growth compared to 2021 year to date. In the green were motor vehicles and parts, which are up 3.8%, non-metallic minerals, which were up 3.7%, farm products, As you can see in the slide, the freight categories on an individual basis were mostly in the red, but there were several categories that showed some significant growth compared to the 2021 year-to-date data. In the green were motor vehicles and parts at 3.8%, non-metallic minerals at 3.7%, farm products excluding grain and food and at 2.7%, coal was also at a plus 2.7%. As a whole, the year-to-date data was down 2.8%.
On the flip side, the biggest decreases in traffic were petroleum and petroleum products down 7.6%, metallic ores and minerals down 6.6%, total intermodal units down 4.9%, forest products and grain both down 4.2%. If you track the oil market, you're probably familiar with the Baker Hughes rig count. This tracks the oil and gas rigs that are operating. The data is available by state, by basin, and nationally at www.rigcount.bakerhughes.com. This slide gives you an idea of the largest oil and gas deposits. It really gives you a good sense of just how many of the large oil plays are in Texas and Oklahoma, and how big an area the Marcellus gas region covers in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and parts of West Virginia. This slide shows you the drilling activity through December the 31st on both a state and basin basis. The market showed some solid growth in 2022 as a national rig count increased by 184 rigs. That's a 31% year-over-year change. Texas added the most rigs with a 104 rig increase. On a basin basis, the Permian Basin in Texas added 61 rigs for a almost a 21% increase. The next basin that had a large increase was Texas's Eagle Ford region, which had a 27 rig increase for 61.4% jump. The national gas rig data also showed, showed a healthy increase with a 42% boost and a 45 increase rig to 152 rigs. Prices for West Texas Intermediate crude oil were at $75.83 per barrel on Monday, January the 9th. In 2022, we saw prices for West Texas Intermediate crude oil, or WTI, climbed from the $70 range in January to more than $100 a barrel in March. And that was near the beginning of the war in Ukraine, and they hit they were well over $120 a barrel. WTI hit that level again in early June, but then slid all the way down to $7 a barrel later in the year. It's crazy to think that the WTI ended the year pretty close to where it started in the low $70 per barrel. WTI's average for the year, $94.32 per barrel. Economists like to call copper pricing Dr. Copper because he's the leading economic indicator for future economic activity. That's because copper is used in so many different industries with the construction industry as the among the leading markets because of its wide use in wire and cable and copper plumbing pipe. COMEX copper prices are climbing again and it last week busted through the $3.90 per pound level on the COMEX basis for the first time since mid-November. On the morning of Monday, January 9th, they were at $3.98 per pound. The average COMEX price for copper during 2022 was at $4 a pound. As you can see in the chart, it's, it was saw a lot of that $4 per pound activity through the first half of the year and for the most part has been under $4 a barrel since June. If you like to track large construction projects, you may be interested in a new electrical wholesaling podcast that I recorded last week. It offers electrical wholesaling picks for the construction mar market types that should do fairly well even in an uncertain non-residential construction market. And I'm, I offer an example of each project type that is either underway or in the planning stage. Let's take a look at those construction project types in the next slide. I think these 10 construction project types have the most possibilities for good growth in 2023. Semiconductor plants, offshore wind farms, microgrids, home building, but only in select high growth markets, downtown mixed use projects, mass transit projects, airports, port expansion, electric vehicle battery plants, and electric grid expansion. 
Just before I started recording this podcast, the December data for the Dodge Momentum Index came in. The Dodge Momentum Index, or DMI, tracks projects in the planning stage. It's a good leading indicator that you should keep an eye on. Right now, the DMI is looking strong, and I thought I would share some of the highlights of that report with you. According to the Dodge press release, the DMI improved 6.6% in December to 222 points from the revised November reading of 208.3 points. In December, the commercial component of the DMI rose 8.4% and the institutional components category ticked up 2.7%. The DMI is a monthly measure of the initial report for non-residential building products and planning, and they are, it is shown to lead construction spending for non-residential buildings by a full year. Richard Branch, the chief economist at Dodge Construction Network, said in the press release, one of the key construction storylines for 2022 was the return of enthusiasm and optimism in prospects for non-residential growth. While some of that will likely erode in 2023 as economic growth wanes, increased demand for some building types like data centers, labs, and healthcare buildings will provide a solid floor for the construction sector. We haven't had a podcast for a few weeks because of the Christmas break, but I do want to update you on all the distributed activity that's been happening recently. I'm not sure I've ever seen so many distributed acquisitions in such a short time. Let's take a look at some of them on the next slide. Electrical wholesaling reported on more than 30 acquisitions in 2022, but there's been a real flurry of activity in the past couple of weeks. The largest distributors that were acquired in the last four to six weeks were Amperage Electrical Supply. It was acquired by CED. That's a big independent in the Chicago area. Lowett Electric Supply, acquired by Crescent Electric, also another top 150 distributor. Westlight Supply is a well-known uh, lamp specialist that was acquired by Facility Solutions Group. Facility Solutions Solutions Group also acquired a large uh, science specialist out of Austin, Texas, Capital Architectures, Architectural Science. Uh, Graybar was also active in its most recent as CX Connection, a very large commercial industrial distributor out of Buffalo Grove in the Illinois area, specifically the Chicago market. We've got Green Mountain Electric Supply out of Vermont, made quite a few acquisitions in the upstate New York area. We have Scott Electric Supplies, New York locations, Davis Electric Supply, and Generation Electric Supply and Lighting, a lighting show. In Liverpool, New York. Uh, last week's announcement that Buckle Smith was acquired by Rexall was very big news. Buckle Smith, one of the last uh, remaining very, very large independent distributors. We had Shade Yesco Distribution out of Harrisburg acquired Yesco Electric Supply, with, which has locations in both Ohio and Western Pennsylvania. Another recent one was the uh, acquisition by uh, Codale out of Sonopar. They bought Netco out of Las Vegas, a very large independent there. Sonopar also bought a large independent in St. Louis, Holt Electrical Supply, through its Springfield Electric subsidiary there. Sonopar was also active, and this was just last week, announced that they bought a large solar specialist in France called Allianz. So there's some pretty big companies that were acquired. We'll see if this uh, trend continues over the in the next few weeks. Special thanks again to the folks from Champion Fireglass for sponsoring the today's Electrical Economy podcast series in 2023. Please contact me if there's any other type of economic data you'd like us to cover in these podcasts. I'll be out at the upcoming NAD Western and Number conferences and look forward to seeing many of you there. And I love getting feedback on, the, on our podcast there. Our next presentation will be on January the 23rd. So until then, look forward to hearing from you. Be healthy, be good. Talk within a few weeks.